Hey goblins, happy Tuesday vibes. It's about 10.30 last night when I'm recording this. I'm just wrapping up editing the episode and recorded this intro bumper. Uh, this is a little bit of a low-key episode. Gabe and I were both really tired. I hope you enjoy it. As always, it's a spoiler review, but we're releasing this on Tuesday, so you've probably seen it by now, so that's not a big deal. Post about it on your social medias and such, and I hope you enjoy this. Have a good one. Hey everybody, welcome to the Goblins and Growlers podcast, After Dark. Uh, this is our review of episodes 10 through 12 of The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime. Once again, I am joined by Gabe. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, are we doing the <laughs> talking about ourselves first? Go for it. At least tell us where people can find you, Gabe. Uh, well, you can find me uh, wandering around the uh, greater Richmond area, um, usually at night because I dislike the sunlight, um, but I'm not a vampire. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can also find me on social media on Instagram at Amethyst Audiomancer. And not to be outdone, I will say that you can find me on Twitter at Way of Brandalore. Um, it's very, very chill, relaxed Monday night right now. Uh, yeah. as we sit down to record this, the weekend didn't cooperate with us. So we're doing this now. So you all are listening to this scant hours after right. we've talked also, about it. Uh, what is this? President's day, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I did not realize until halfway through, halfway through the day, why it was so surprisingly busy at the comic book store. I had to work today, so I didn't, I had, I barely knew that it was president's day. Yeah. Um, but uh so we've been uh talking for what the last three weeks about the legend of vox machina mm -hmm. um the the uh I, I heard uh one youtuber refer to it as the mercer effect on bezos world <laughs> um which i th I, thought I found very uh, amusing um i think it helps sometimes uh to have and that th this is certainly coming like in, into these next couple of episodes uh that neither one of us is like uh anything close to like a die hard fan of yeah. critical role the usual disclaimer i have never watched or listened to any of critical role before until i sat down to watch this yeah and i've i've uh, watched most almost all of the first season um very much like it but I, I am I am not like a a, a crazy fanboy. Mm -hmm. um, I say crazy in the most affectionate way because <laughs> if this is your thing, then by all means, let it be your thing. You're a well managed fanboy. Yeah, I try. Um, so really, a lot went on in these three episodes. Um, oh yeah, I really had difficulty taking notes because I found myself so engrossed because we'd finally hit the climax point and everything yes. was just sort of trucking along at a really good clip and there was no time to sort of sit down and get outside of myself to be like, okay, I need to pause this and then write something down in my notebook. Yeah. I, I had to, to force myself. Uh, I, I was watching in the dark. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would like wait for those transitionary scenes or scenes that were particular, particularly bright mm -hmm. and I would pause it so I could see the, the, um, <laughs> the page so I could write something down. Yeah, I think in the last episode, I didn't go back and listen to it before we started recording this, but we talked about like, oh, yeah, this is probably what's going to happen in the next couple of episodes, because I think I said something like, oh, well, they're getting really close to the goal here. So how are they going to fill this out with three episodes? 
Yeah. Um, and and I, I was saying, like, I, I imagine it would be uh, like episode 10 would be like set up to the climax, episode 11 climax, and episode 12 is mm-hmm. just dealing with all that fallout. Yeah. And that was more or less right. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I definitely remember uh, in, in that Briarwood arc uh, in the um, original Critical Role show, like, there is so much going on. This is definitely like uh, that. And, and I mean, that the, the show illustrates this very well. This arc was definitely just as much about um, like so, like uh, uh, closing loose ends, tying up loose ends, I think is what the phrase, mm-hmm. um, as much as it was setting things up for th- other stuff in the future mm-hmm. um, uh, and, 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 and setting a foundation for all the other plots that would happen throughout the show. Um, cause a lot of the stuff that happened before this, uh, in critical role, um, like a lot of it was important, but for the most part, that stuff, it like, it didn't hold as much merit as much as this one did. Uh, this was definitely when Mercer, uh, as the, the, the dungeon master and writer of the world itself, um, like started to craft it more to the sense of a narrative, I would imagine, and mm-hmm. less to like just things happening and the players dealing with it. Yeah, no more stumble bumming around just exactly. from event to event. Yeah, and this this one was definitely like now they're getting pulled, which I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll definitely get to it, but like the the season finale, uh, the 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 last scene of the last episode, mm-hmm. um, like tying it in, that really was the the feel from the show, like that because it was just from the start of the Briarwood arc onwards it was just the characters being pulled forward through the story instead of having to wait to find out what next to do Mm -hmm. yeah and i'll just say for the record if it's not obvious yet like i really enjoyed these last three episodes yeah i was really engrossed in them i'm really looking forward to next season and i walked into this very sort of lukewarm on the idea of this show just because of critical role sort of being everywhere and you can't you can't look at tabletop role playing game spaces anywhere without without critical role being there just sort of staring back at you in some way shape or form yes. so it's that sort of uh, antipathy that comes from familiarity uh mm-hmm. you know i had no reason to dislike it but i just did cuz i couldn't get away from it but this is really good i'm you know i'm probably never going to listen to it because i don't want to sit through you know, four hour episodes of something. Right. But I will continue to watch this. Yeah. And I think that this, this is definitely, um, where that kind of content, like whoever is specifically sitting down to write slash like rewrite the storyline mm-hmm. is doing a really good job of parsing it down. Well, mm-hmm. I think, uh, someone mentioned that, uh, one of the battles or maybe possibly even several of the battles that happen in, in the, um, uh, animated show uh, that the battles themselves take roughly the real world amount of time that the in-game critical role battles took mm-hmm. um, with you know every round being a six second round kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and that they actually like parse that to be almost exactly the same length uh, which I've no way to double check that but <laughs> that's a neat idea if that is true it's that's one of those Steve Jobs type things where nobody's going to notice, but you as the creator will know. So it has to be perfect. Yes, exactly. 
Um, and then, you know, because we have a several billion people on this planet, at least a million of them watch this, um, uh, someone's going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody with too much time on their hands will do some freeze framing and just count everything out. And count it. Gosh, that sounds like effort. Um, but uh, let's 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 dig in. Uh, yeah. With episode 10. Yeah. So it picks up immediately where we left off with Percy putting a gun to Anna Ripley's head. Um, and then and then it just transitions right to. It, you know, uh, torturing children. Yeah, it's nice, like a nice warm start to. This well, you know, I of episodes when the gun first said Anna Ripley, I was like, who's Anna Ripley? Did I miss something? And mm-hmm. this scene is like, oh, you don't know who Anna Ripley is. Let's smash cut to everything you need to know about her and why she's terrible. That was that was actually my um my my next note was again no question of who the villains are in this show <laughs> there is no subtlety or nuance none it's like there, there there's no like even with the the Briarwoods having their somewhat dramatic like oh I sold my soul and your soul and lots of other people's soul to get you back because I love you but also like utterly unredeemable character anyways so that's not an emotional point really. um so she ends up essentially working them like oh hey you know you're never gonna find the briarwoods because they're not here but i can take you to them right Uh, and percy wants none of this but everybody else sort of prevails upon him and turns out they're not in the castle at all so they have to go somewhere else yeah they had to go underneath um which was very strange and like i i guess it's it's similar to i think I think it was said in this show, but like in 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 a lot of other like Dungeons and Dragons lore, there's often that concept of like uh, ley line intersections or mm-hmm. strong points of magic where like multiple civilizations have lived in that same spot, and so you'll have ancient ruins beneath a kingdom or something like that mm-hmm. uh, of various different cultures. Apparently, in this one, some sort of Mayan Aztec culture. Yeah, and you know, now that you mention it, I never thought of it while I was watching it, but yeah, I guess I just sort of subconsciously was thinking, oh, well, this must be some one of those, you know, capital P places of power. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. And I, I was uncertain if the ziggurat was something that they they or the the whispering one like magicked into existence or if it was something that was just there underground. I think it's it's supposed to be that it was like some uh, some ancient culture life essence in relation to like the sun tree mm-hmm. type of thing and this ziggurat was uh i just in my head i'm like how would you build a ziggurat underground carefully very very carefully and like patiently that, that, that's that's one of those like it works really well in D because no player is really going to question that one too hard mm-hmm. but knowing how difficult it is for humans to have built real life ziggurats they're humongous you're that guy that rains on everybody's parade talking about (laughs) how you need to you you need to design living dungeons that have multiple entrances and exits and there needs to be there needs to be food sources for all the monsters and and barracks and things like that (laughs) it's it's it it, i will say to to a degree i uh, i have said a couple of those sentences in my life um but just just like that that one when when I was first watching this show, that was my thought was like, there's a ziggurat 
under a castle what is the castle standing on like <laughs> it's the like castles that, on a hill too it's like that it's like that one castle Hollow in, hill in monty python and the holy grail you know they built the first castle up there it fell over sunk into the earth they built the second <laughs> castle there it fell over sunk into the earth <laughs> exactly exactly and so it's like what like 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 it, it maybe a long time ago there wasn't a hill there mm-hmm. it's just people keep building stuff and then nature <laughs> knocks like a ton of dirt on top of it <laughs> maybe i don't know uh but um i, I will say uh, uh like it's cool it's fun i'm fine with it uh i'm not i'm not trying to knock the show or the writing for it it's just one of those things that kind of takes me out cuz i'm like how but whatever cool um I think the thing that annoyed me the most in this episode, and I say that lightly, Ooh, nothing we're, about we're about the to episode. get something juicy. Well, is that not no, nothing really about the episode? This was simply like within just the story, and this was also with like in Critical Role. Like there were so many really just good moments to kill Ripley that they could have mm-hmm. that w- it would have been fine. Like yeah, like once they're there, there's no reason to keep her alive. Yeah, uh, especially like, um, let me see. Did the, did the, did the, yes, this was, this was the one that had the, um, the acid trap, which I do mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Vex said the, um, like, really an acid trap? How original? <laughs> um, which, you know, as someone who's written and read a lot of adventures, uh, over the year, yes, Acid Trap, not super original. Mm-hmm. Happens a lot, especially in Gygaxian works. <laughs> um, yeah, th- I thought this was relatively well executed, though. Yes, it Espe- was. Especially with the mechanisms for um, for turning the trap off. Yes. And this was another one of those when, you know, they're when they're on Scanlan's hand and they're uh, and he's doing his best to try to keep them above the acid line. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Like the whole next sequence just read to me like a bunch of people at a table trying to figure out uh, some way to grasp at the thinnest sliver of a chance of survival at this. Like, yeah, well, I'll just jump into the acid. Just keep healing me while right. i'm in there to keep yes. me alive and that was that the, you're you're dead on like that is exactly what happened um in the in, in the show because uh to his to to his credit uh mercer at least from my uh from what i've seen is not like the kind of uh gm that writes a puzzle with a clear solution mm-hmm. or even like a couple clear solutions but more so just creates a trap and the players have to find a way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily creating the way out and hoping the players discover it, but just like, maybe there is a way out. You figure it out type of thing. Um, and this was very much one of those situations where uh, in the in, in Critical Role, uh, I think Talison was still pretty like aware and capable while Percy wasn't type of mm-hmm. thing. So Talison was still trying to like figure out the puzzle um uh but then after a while they realized it wasn't so much a puzzle as much as it really was just like a you just got to find a way to turn off the mechanism mm-hmm. um, oh yeah and by the way cassandra betrayed them right before this yes <laughs> which was one of those like it just it it didn't make sense earlier on 
mm-hmm. for Cassandra to suddenly be so accessible when she was in the hands of the Briarwoods a couple yeah. episodes ago. And so even had I not known that that was coming, like she she was just so vicious to Percy over and over. I'm like, why? That doesn't yeah. make any sense for you to be that vicious. This There's is one of those things where you. your reaction is just like, I am shocked, shocked uh-huh. that this has happened. <laughs> How could she? <laughs> After literally berating him for doing basic human things, <laughs> like walking away from a dead body while being attacked, you know, yeah, like, trying to keep himself alive when the situation seemed hopeless. Yes. Um, how dare you not die with me? Uh, which is one of those like, you know, logically and also it does show out to be true in the end where she did not actually hate him for that. Right. Um, but it, yeah, it was just like that. The, 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 my, my note for that one was uh, the cis tension is real <laughs> um, because it was that this whole episode, it was just the tension was building and building and building until that reveal mm-hmm. and then Vax coming up. Um, now, I wonder when Vax uh, slid under, I can't remember if, if this was it in the in the show as well, that um, Silas uh mesmerized him again or just reinitiated what was already set in place way back in the in the palace hmm. because he 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 already had him back in the palace and right. it sort of got knocked out but in the same sense uh Silas still has control over Uriel mhm even, even from, from a distance yeah even from such a distance so it's like i wonder if it really if it wore off and he, and he just put it on him again I didn't even think of that. By this point, I had forgotten that he that he put the whammy on him back at the palace. Yeah, Yeah. because I I I don't remember in the in Critical Role what which which it was, and it it certainly could have been that uh, (laughs) Vax is just that unlucky that he keeps getting he keeps looking in the eyes of the vampires. Stop looking him in the eyes, man. He's biologically predisposed to whammies. It happens. Um, yeah. I can oh, see and it. and we forgot to mention that like Cassandra betrays them, and then Percy is basically out of commission for the entirety of the acid trap, like yes. until the very end, because he's just despondent trying to process what's happening. So he is yeah. he is a non-factor for a little bit, which is uh, one one of those things where it's like this is a this is a logic puzzle to a degree, like. Mm-hmm. You know, machines yeah. help us out. And Vax finally had to just say, you know, we're, we're all going to die unless you save us. Yes. And that's actually sort of uh, continuing to allude. I, I think. I could be wrong, but I think Vex and Percy like are a, a sort of loose pair. Vax and Percy? Vex. Vex Vexalia. Oh, okay. The 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 sister of right. the two. Um, I I I think they are. I can't remember. Um, uh, because 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 there, there's there's always been, and even in this show, there were like those were the two that they always had like more of a, the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, now these are twenty something minute episodes, so the fact that they sometimes really ham hand the romance bits uh-huh um it's fair uh i i personally don't like making allowances for shows mm-hmm. um but 
you know, in the in the in the spirit of fairness, uh, I, I I will not dock them for that one. You gotta you gotta sandwich that character development in there somewhere. Right. It's it 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 has to because they're like again the this was not a short arc in um even though they were four hour episodes it wasn't a short arc it was several episodes mm-hmm. of several sessions uh certainly more than 10 <laughs> um and to compress that down into 10 20 minute episodes is very impressive um and i think they did a pretty good job of it uh, mm-hmm. i do have the the notes of scanlan being logical and also kind of the mvp multiple times in these last three episodes mm-hmm. um and then also metal is the answer <laughs> um as it often was uh once once that started playing i was like ah yeah this yeah. i can vibe with i i enjoyed that i i know i complained a while back of um like real world verisimilitude like yeah. seeping seeping in but that was totally fine i was a hundred percent on board with metal coming from loot <laughs> Right. It's for for whatever reason, and it might just be because uh, metal music, ironically, is like uh, out of all the various modern genres of music, it's one of the most uh, influenced by classical and medieval style music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, maybe it works just a teeny bit better. Um, but I've always loved the idea of a bard playing electric guitar. I don't know. Um, and in 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 these three episodes, the three D animation like got better. I don't know, like it's even better. It was gorgeous. The in uh, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what did this episode close out on? I think it closed out. I didn't actually write it down, but I'm pretty sure it closed out with them getting out of the trap and yeah, opening the door to the next area that's right that's yeah. right and 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 like there was like the the swoosh into this humongous hall with a giant cigarette yeah exactly exactly uh, which again how did you get that underground yeah that's so impressive i like that it, we've got three episodes that basically take place in two rooms right <laughs> one well one one series of long hallways and then a, and then a big acid room and then this one is just giant 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 chamber with a humongous like that's one of those i don't know any, any, if anyone's ever like played minecraft and you're like i think i'm gonna build a castle underground and then you realize you literally have to like mine hundreds of thousands of blocks away in order to just make the space to start building. just find just find a big cavern you dig long enough you'll eventually find one uh, you have to like 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 the if you think about how big that ziggurat is which was long enough for them to take uh, like at least a minute sprinting up those stairs to get up it anime style, which mm-hmm. I will say that as well. These episodes got progressively more anime. <laughs> um, By the end, they're just Naruto running. That at, was, I mean, no, I will say uh, episode, I think episode two, um, Percy was Naruto running at one point. Uh, I didn't write that down as a note, but I just remembered that. I remember watching it going, oh, really? <laughs> um but uh, I I remember like a lot of the fight scenes. There are like those moments where one person like punches somebody and it's like it slows down and then their body flings off into the distance. You're like, that's <laughs> not how punches work. They're cool. <laughs> I love the anime of it, uh, especially because um, a lot of the voice actors 
uh, of Critical Role, like a lot of them do anime voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of their big consistent gigs is like video games and animes. Um, uh, I do have a note for episode 11. Okay. Uh, Scanlan, again, using his big brain power to solve the uh, the, sig- the, <laughs> the zipper twat equation. <laughs> um, again, Scanlan just coming in stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Rough start at the beginning of the season. Yes, I was and... not a fan and I was not afraid to say that. But yeah, same. He, he definitely definitely is coming into his own as an adventurer at this point. Yeah. He's like, maybe it's one of those like uh, in the, the, the uh, quid parole podcast where it's like uh, uh, Solinar was like, I'm definitely going to be drunk all the time. And then realized, well, that's not actually manageable. So yeah. maybe I'll just be a good adventurer. Yeah. Or, or from like a player standpoint, like, I started playing Gravy Boat with a Macho Man Randy Savage voice and then realized yeah. I could not keep that up yeah. for an hour an episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> for like a three-hour session to break it up. And you're yeah. like, I have no voice halfway through this. No, it was um, a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like in episode 11, um, that bit where Ripley starts to sneak away, I'm like, why didn't... Why... Why not? Especially because, and I will say, uh, this is one of the reasons why I don't love guns mm-hmm. in uh, fantasy RPGs, um, is because like a gun deals just a crap ton of damage. It right. does. A, a, a real life gun, even like a musket or a old school flintlock, like you're still poking a hole through a person. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a really big hole. And that deals a crazy amount of damage. You and, can't. And it's almost worse when it's not a hole that's poked through somebody, but it's something you shoot into someone and it does not come out. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that, that is actually worse on the, on the, the longer range. Like uh, I suppose in a world with magical healing, maybe that's less horrible, but mm-hmm. um, it's still like, but then you, 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 it's hard to have that in a game. Because like the way the damage point system works, uh, you know, you can only deal what like two d ten damage, which will kill a commoner. But you know, you shoot a barbarian, it's like logically, and the show does follow a little more logical fashions with the guns, where it's like you know, you shoot somebody in the jaw, their jaw is going to fly off, right? Um, uh, and and so. Typically, I imagine they were like, if Percy was rolling low damage, then maybe he just didn't hit at all or just, you know, winged a shoulder or something like that. But like, if Ripley's three feet away from you and you just shoot her in the face, she is done as an opponent. Yes, she's done as an opponent and as a person at that point. (laughs) She's just gone. And it's like, and then and then you turn around and fight. Like, I know they were trying to be sneaky, but literally right after he goes no i won't kill her two seconds later he is charging up the stairs screaming at the top of his voice being not sneaky again (laughs) and i'm like my dude you could have just shot her emotions are very complicated things (laughs) to manage this is true yeah sometimes you think you're gonna do one thing yeah exactly oh that's another thing um i want to derail and talk about this for just a second orthax yeah i 
don't know if this comes from my relative ignorance of the property, but I just felt like that really, they didn't like, they didn't load the Chekhov's gun on that uh, well enough. I don't think because mm-hmm. you didn't start seeing hints of it until later. At first you just thought he was troubled and he was being very theatrical with his vengeance. Right. But then, and you don't really understand his powers. So maybe the evil smoke is from something different. Um, I think they could have done a better job of laying the groundwork for the audience about that. Cause, cause it felt a little bit um, like, like I guess a deus ex machina, you know, no pun intended toward the end. Almost. Oh yeah. I'm sure that, that, that's literally why they named the show that. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. That's, that's actually like the the way that that panned out even in in critical role um it felt a lot like that was what like vaguely what percy what Tallison wrote for percy's backstory mm-hmm. um and so that's why percy has like the 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 raven skull and raven motifs over and over mm-hmm. but it's one of those things like when a player writes something that's a secret from the rest of the party um and you know everyone's play groups are different um i personally especially if it's like a long-standing campaign i usually prefer that all of my players know the various things about their other characters even Mm -hmm. if they can like their characters don't um but this was definitely like no one but talison and uh matt mercer knew that this demon was uh controlling percival Mm -hmm. um like they they were the only ones that that knew that and the way that they alluded to it in the show was that uh whenever percy would talk about his inspiration for the gun he would talk about like this this black smoke storm like the storm in a dream that came and told him how to make the gun mm-hmm. and i feel like they like i was kind of waiting for more of that like a backstory bit where like it went into him building the gun, but you would see like this storm giving him the inspiration, this black smoke giving him the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they walked right up to that line in that episode where we got to see his backstory after he left his exactly. sister, but they didn't, they didn't go all in enough on it to really drive the point home. I mean, I feel yeah. like you, you can watch it and you can sort of get that something's going on, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more to showcase something yeah yeah even if it was because like the 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 idea um at least my 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 takeaway from it was that orthax's uh innovation like orthax is kind of like like a demon of black powder kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so that's where the black smoke comes from um, and so that's where like that innovation, the black storm, all this other stuff, they kind of work together. And I think it would have been cool if they had something like, you know, when, when Percy's when they had the backstory with Percy building the gun for the first time for a, like a single scene, you see where his hand is like slamming the hammer down. You see like a ghostly black hand grab around it, grip around his and move the hammer or something like that. Yeah. Or you see like the, the raven skull briefly appear over his head. Or that just that kind of thing. Yeah, that would have been a really effective use of the new medium that they were playing in. Right. Because the whole Arthax thing later on, 
was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I agree with you. There wasn't a lot of setup for it. Um, and it played out a lot like it did in the in the show where the party, even as players, were just as confused mm-hmm. as the characters were. That, um, I think, is good. Um, yeah. I, I think that's good. I just feel like, again, I think I feel like I feel like a broken record because like probably 90 percent of my overall criticisms of this is they didn't take advantage enough of the fact that they were in a different medium. Yeah. And we're talking to potentially new audience as well. Like there are other ways you can tell stories now that you have the ability to like cut away and not have to worry about revealing something to one of the players. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, 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 ha- they did that really well in some things, but then other things like this. Yeah, they, they definitely could have done that better. Could have done, could have done that more creatively. Um, I will say, to the benefit of the show, uh, combat once again, they just do a phenomenal job. And again, they're 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 porting over actual D and D combat where it goes turn by turn. Mm-hmm. But they do an excellent job of like showcasing each person's powers and abilities. Yeah, um, and having like it rotate around as you're like looking at each person and coming back to combat. Because um, after after this, they went they went to the it was the Briarwoods fight, right? Yeah, yeah. Where where uh, Silas like punches Keyleth out of existence practically and yeah uh, that was like border that was like away. a borderline anime punch where she should have flown up to the sky and disappeared in a little twinkling yeah, star except they're underground <laughs> somehow <laughs> uh, but yeah and he, I mean he's basically doing this all by himself so it's basically Silas against everybody else yeah um, well Delilah was there doing some things. Yeah, but then eventually she had other lightning. stuff. She had other stuff to do after a certain yeah. point, though. Yeah. Um, well, she she was she was trying to uh, get rid of who was it? Uh, she silenced Scanlan, which I thought was because uh, that I believe that did actually happen in the other mm-hmm. thing. Um, a great thing to do to your bards, by the way. Um, and then can't remember who else she was going after, but then uh, she like Pike came in to to help. Mm-hmm. which was gorgeous. Like I, I I loved how all of that worked out um, in, in this specific setting. I will say I do have a, a note here that I, I loved and I also found very strange. Uh, the, the way that the residuum mm-hmm. looked on the ziggurat is not how I imagined it at all. Like I was imagining like a little more like smooth, like plates or something. Uh-huh. This was like, cyberpunk azteca kind of thing going on which so you I, were imagining it more as like a lens to focus something yeah like i, I was imagining like like pieces laid on top of the actual tiles mm-hmm. as opposed to like seemingly arbitrary grooves carved into the stone and then filled with residuum almost like a wire cool. yeah 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 and i was like it, it was cool it came out looking really cyberpunk and i'm about it yeah, wow. I didn't think of that at the time, but yeah, you're right. It did have a very cyberpunk feel to it. I felt like 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 the Matrix was charging up through the cigarette, <laughs> and they were about to wake up in another world. And uh, so yeah, so Keyleth gets knocked into basically non-existence. Uh, yes. She's very clearly hemorrhaging all over the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, was that? refresh me on this because you know grog held silas up 
to just be burned by the sun, basically. Yes, that was uh, at, at the at the at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, after like a grog had been knocked out and everybody's they're kind of losing, kind of making it through. And then Keyleth has to like steal herself and mm-hmm. call upon the sun tree to help her. Yeah. When she's um, basically halfway dead. Yeah. Because uh, of that super like one punch man Saitama out of there. Like <laughs> It was, there were so many bits in this that were very anime, like even with like the way that the camera like zooms in, pans around a punch and then zooms back out in the other direction. I'm going to have to go back and watch this now that you've said that, because I, I didn't pick up on that necessarily before. But, but I, like now uh, thinking about it while you're talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Well, I, I think like my, my, my brain was sort of like poised for it with all the um the new Magic the Gathering set coming out in Neon Dynasty. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of anime stuff for it. It's like kind of an anime set to begin with anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've just been looking at a lot of anime things lately. So like watching this, I was like, oh, that was definitely anime right there. Like that felt like something I would see in uh, like Kill a Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that level of like a person's fist zooming like half a mile behind them as they wind up <laughs> with a punch. Um, and just that and like and like watching um, when uh grog was fighting silas i i loved so much the line of well if i close my eyes if i don't know where i'm swimming then neither do you i like that i I like that too i'm like well there's something to that there's an under there's a certain understated stupidity right i was like i i love i love not only that did that work but it worked super well Mm -hmm. like just completely cleaved him into the stomach yeah and then um you know, when Caleb calls down the sun on Silas yeah. and just burns him out. Once again, Grog is just like, I don't care. I'll survive. You know, and He's he gets the like the skin on his shoulders burned away. Um, similar damage to when he hopped into the, uh, the, to acid. the acid. Yeah. So he's really just having a bad day. Uh, I, I liked the animation on Silas dying where it just sort of like ripped through the layers of his skin and everything. Yeah. And then he's just desiccated. And then all of a sudden the dust just blows away. Yeah, that was that, that was visceral, gorgeous in a lot of ways. And again, like this, these last three episodes, like the 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 work on them got even better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, so Delilah was at this point, um, distraught. Yeah, yeah, because she just she saw what happened and then she just shut down a little bit. But she, her brain had to reboot, kind of for yeah. a second. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's it's one of those you, uh, kind of like Percy, like you know, you 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 sell yourself, not just your soul, but like you sell yourself to a, an idea, a concept, and you're just living in that, and then you're watching it fall apart in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not to that degree, but <laughs> I can sympathize to. <laughs> To, yeah. to an extent like yes that is a pretty uh traumatizing thing and and then for her to have to like uh fine and and like disappear up the ziggurat mm-hmm. again even further up this is a very very tall building underground <laughs> i guess one way to look at delilah's behavior is she almost lost him once and she essentially made a deal with the devil to keep him yeah 
And then they were so close to achieving what they wanted to. And she lost him again. And she didn't even have any sliver of him to hang on to with the hopes of a resurrection or anything at this point. Right. So. Um, and that was that, that, that was that was pretty much the same in, in, the, in the other one, because they like Silas is definitely the more overtly dangerous of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a in a straight combat, while Delilah can you know summon an army of undead. That's not as useful when you're not surrounded by undead. Um, and uh, so yeah, she she retreats into the the upper inner sanctum. Um, which I will also say, the structure of those styles of buildings, usually that top part was somewhat simple. And then you would have to go back down inside to get to the complicated inner bits. But again, this is not a, a traditional uh, Aztec or Mayan style. This ziggurat. is some weird demon ziggurat. Yes. Uh, or, or whatever ancient culture built this and is being now utilized. Because um, I think at one point they were talking about... Uh, I feel like at, at, at some point, maybe it was Scanlan was talking about the ziggurat actually having a good use uh-huh. like a positive use originally and that it because of that it was like it's it's also just a a, a good like magical conduit and can be twisted to these means mm-hmm. i'm sure he just um, learned that from the book yes yeah the uh the the manual about the zipper twats um i, I don't know maybe scanlon's like foot fungus like he just kind of grows on you <laughs> Um, <laughs> who knows? Uh, I will say the the right there at the end when they when somehow <laughs> the the rogue picks a four foot tall lock made of stone. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, also it's like one of those like the the keyhole is like arm width size. Like you can fit. A small, yeah. like you could fit a whole arm into that keyhole. What are you using your lock picks for? <laughs> You—that's you, something you pick with a broadsword or, yes. or something. It, and, and that's that's also one of those. Like I've I've definitely seen a lot of times in D anD D where the rogues like it's a lock, right? So I should be proficient in picking it. And the DM's like, sure, I guess. <laughs> that's that's like if a rogue comes up against an electric like keypad lock or something like that. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, it's a lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could just it's it's a it's a uh, retinal lock, but I I could pick it. They um, need to they it. need to raise the level of a river at a lower elevation. So, mm-hmm. but they can't open it. So the the rogue has to come over there and pick the lock yeah. to open it. And he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. So somehow he picks that, uh, and they get into there, and then I found the Keyleth sacrifice bit. I do not remember if that's exactly how it happened, but I found that a little. Like I do remember Keyleth took near deadly damage. Mm-hmm. That did happen. Uh, I just don't remember it being quite like the. No, don't hit Vex. Hit me instead. Sacrifice thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't love that. Uh, I didn't hate it. It's just like this. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. I suppose that strengthens the bond between those characters. Uh huh. Kind of thing. Sure. I, I liked too when it came time to heal her. 
and you know like they were out of the elixirs and everything like that he just remembered <laughs> all the material components and everything yes. she needed that was dirt and and, spit and then have scanlan hadoken it uh-huh. to charge it up <laughs> like i'm not sure it works that way it, it must you know uh and that, that that's sort of in there uh again treating the magic a little more logically and less game-like mm-hmm. um which is interesting because then at the same time they treated the lock more game-like than real um <laughs> uh good a uh, good i guess maybe it's a, it's a healthy back and forth um reminding you that this is definitely based on dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. but it's not in fact dungeons and dragons it is the legend of akmakata uh so but, but before that happened we had the face off with delilah right yes yeah and a vague face off yeah because she's up there she summons that ball yeah. And she starts feeling very pleased with There's herself. She's like, a ball? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the Lord of the Undead. <laughs> I don't like that with a stinking ball. Uh, and then there was the whole thing about Percy uh, trying to shoot her, wanting to kill her. And he's eventually talked down from that uh, yeah. to some level of forgiveness. And Cassandra... Uh, it's like, well, I'm glad you I'm glad you're mature enough that you could forgive her, but I don't. Right. And stabbed right. her. And that, well, that, that was even like like all, all, all the way after the, the um, Orthax battle. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I loved that the solution out of that was essentially like the fight club solution. <laughs> where it's like, ah, well, there's something inside of me. Shoot me. <laughs> uh, which, hey, it worked. Um. Uh, I, 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 I did love uh, like the way the orb looked. I certainly, I felt like the orb was bigger are in you, my mind. Are you pondering the orb? I was. I am. I am currently. Um, and I remember back when, because, because again, like, uh, Talos and Jaffe and uh, Liam O'Brien definitely played D and D a lot before uh playing in this game, and so both of them catch certain references to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that sphere showed up, like, I, 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 I feel like I'm remembering this correctly. Both of them kind of did that thing where they look in Mercer and they're doing like, wait, are you kidding me? Like a sphere of annihilation right here. Mm-hmm. Like they both recognize exactly what that is. And they're like, this is way worse. But my character doesn't necessarily know this <laughs> type of thing. Um, and so, like, you know, they, they they sit there and ponder the orb, but then, yeah, then they uh, Percy has to go back into the no mercy Percy mode. Um, that should be a bumper sticker. I I, I think that that was the uh, the 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 fan tag for that character during this arc because <laughs> it was like no mercy left for you. Pow pow pow. Um, I'm Batman. At the same time, right? Uh, at the same time. He sure s- spent a lot of time not shooting her. Yeah. Considering, like, what, they had to drag her, like, at least 800 feet or something Yeah, down a crap ton of stairs. Like, he didn't shoot her once, not even in the leg. Yeah, just to stop her from getting away or something like that. She's proven um, to be very crafty. Right shooter hands at like like it's one of those like uh, he clearly wanted to do those things um but orthax was weirdly patient 
until they got back into the uh the, the acid room yeah yeah because there was you know because no. there was an anti-magic field in the other room you know they, yeah. they couldn't heal keyleth or do anything like that um and pike disappeared i wonder if orthax was actually maybe being suppressed because of that that's yeah pot that's possible because I, I do remember in the in the uh, show, the anti-magic field was the the, the conundrum because they were like, we can't heal Keyleth. She's at like zero hit points. She's about, she's, she's about to fail that last, last death save. Sprint, get her out of here. Um, uh, oh, I also uh, remembered, uh, or some, someone actually helped, helped me remember, um, Ashley Johnson was away during the filming of, uh, of or during these episodes because she was fil- filming Blind Spot, the show Blind Spot. Um, I'm unfamiliar. A, uh, it's a very very strange show about. Uh, uh, I think it's like a mystery crime show about a a person who like a, a a woman shows up with tattoos all over her body and um has no memories and they find out that each one of her tattoos is related to a major crime. Is that the one that Lady Sif from the Thor movies was in? I think, yes. Okay. I cannot remember the actor's name. I I, I watched a fair amount of uh, I say a fair amount. A couple episodes of Blind Spot. Uh-huh. Um I thought I thought it was really interesting just not, not as much uh my thing at that time. I might watch it again. Um I think at the time I was more of a, like a person of interest viewer. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there, that, that fight happened with Orthax, which was very dramatic. And I think that it, it was much more straightforward, I think in, uh, like in critical role than it was in this, in this, mm-hmm. it very much was like, you can't fight the demon cause it's inside of him. And the other one, I think they like momentarily pushed the demon out and all of them had to fight it or mm-hmm. something. Um, and then, of course, you know, in, in, in fifth edition, as long as you have a magical weapon, you can hit whatever. Right. Um, as opposed to like, I, I remember in third edition, even with magic weapons, you couldn't hit a ghost unless you had a ghost touch weapon or like all damage would be halved against ghosts or something. Mm hmm. Um, unless you had a special enchantment on your weapon. Uh, but in 5th edition, they sort of streamlined that to demons are just resistant or immune to non-magical damage. But if you have magic weapons, you're good. Um, but yeah, you ha- you, the demon's within you, so Percy shot his hand open. Yes. And that uh, really supports cool. your point of guns in fantasy games doing a ton of damage like he shot right? like a donut hole in his hand yeah right <laughs> i'm surprised that he was able to come back from that at all like yeah. again fantasy whatever luke skywalker did it why not but like l- later on when they show him making his like uh, uh hand thing mm-hmm. I'm like could could they not have had like pike heal it yeah they just really wanted to be ash from the evil dead yeah and army of darkness oh just put a chainsaw on percy please that instead of a new pepper box he should have built a magic chainsaw that oh my lord um i do remember that he 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 makes a couple other very interesting um uh fancy inventions including one that he calls uh diplomacy which was a it's like a a a gauntlet that like essentially casts uh some sort of electrical attack 
Um, a Palpatine glove. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Unlimited power. Um, that'd be that'd be great if uh, Percy was suddenly that. <laughs> Have you ever heard the story of Darth Scanlan the Wise? <laughs> Oh, it's Scanlan the Wise. That's what not, I need. It's not a story the fanboys would tell you. Probably not. Um, I love that. I, I will say, uh, in, in episode 12, I found it um, amusing how, I guess they were maybe running, they were running out of time or something, how easy it was to convince Cassandra to lead. Where she's <laughs> like, no, they'll hate me. She's like, no, they won't. They'll love you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, be, just be cool. Yeah. Quit sweating it. You're not you're not possessed anymore. You mm-hmm. you'll be fine. She's like, "Cool. Calm down." <laughs> this is reasonable. Um there 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 are a handful of times throughout this entire show where like the the plot armor thing, uh the you know, the main characterness mm-hmm. of it all does uh it 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 comes up like in that moment where it's just like well, it would be bad for the storyline if I forced you to be the king here. So, yes, go ahead. Yeah. Um, or like when the when those when those uh, wraiths were attacking, and like within seconds could kill anyone else, but it took them like three attempts to nearly kill anyone in the party. Yeah. Type of thing. Um. But again, it 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 works for the for the uh, the show. Um. Something they didn't have in this. But they did have uh, in the in the show that I was looking forward to was um, when the sun tree is finally restored. And again, they might come back to Whitestone in season two. Um, they certainly did a lot in the following arcs of uh, Critical Role. Um, Matthew Mercer did a hilarious voice for the sun tree. It was essentially like a like a just a super chill like hippie dude be like hey keyleth yeah it's chill how you doing <laughs> kind of thing um which yeah I, I i i love that at the same time that reminds me for whatever reason uh i know mercer did the voice of orthax and there was a lot of like audio processing on that uh to make it sound really creepy and it did i loved it for whatever reason um and this could this is entirely my opinion i'm not saying this is the fact of it but Mercer's voice is Silas. I don't know if it just I was used to it, but it it just wasn't scary at all. Like he sounded like chill, like a like a chill dad <laughs> during yeah. the entire fight scene. Well, I told you a few episodes back. Whenever I heard him do his um, Silas voice, for the longest time, I thought it was Cam Clark, the noted yeah. voice actor who I remember from playing Leonardo in Ninja Turtles in the uh-huh. 80s and 90s. Yeah, so exactly. That's why I, that's why it just didn't seem menacing to me. Yes. Uh, and I, I, I kind of remember, I feel like in the original, Sil- the, the voice he did for Silas was a little more like that oozing contempt Mm-hmm. and suaveness kind of thing um but i don't know it just it, it wasn't it, it didn't ring as uh as as dark to me here um which it, it, is, it isn't a bad thing i was just a little surprised but the orthax one um whoever did the uh, sound design on that one uh props to you that was a delicious voice i i would happily eat that voice for breakfast 
I just I, while we were talking, I looked up Cam Clark's Wikipedia to see if I could think of some other see some other characters that he did. And like, yeah, you know, he was Kaneda in the uh, original English dub of, of Akira. Um, yeah. But what really right. surprised me is <laughs> he off, it says he often serves as a voice double for Matthew Broderick. So now I'm always going to think of Silas as Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That would be perfect. I I would I would love that. Mhm. I love uh Matthew Broderick's voice too. So that be <laughs> Silas, Silas shows up like what what are you doing here? Go on. Si- the show's over. <laughs> si- Silas Briarwood singing Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> mm. Uh, uh the, I want to be a producer. <laughs> <laughs> Silas Briarwood on Broadway with some sharp fangs and a cape. Um <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then the, the, the show that the season was coming to an end and they returned back to uh, through some Ke- weird Keyleth uses her tree tree walk ability. Yeah, her the weird tree tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's that, that, that was the, the hilarity of that spell was that um, it's it's a it's a tree walk. Uh, thing so as long as you know where the other tree is you can create a portal from one tree to the other but they realize that the spell only lasts for one round uh-huh and so they're like we have to run seven people through a portal in <laughs> six seconds and so that's where like that the gag where she was like guys i can't open this for very long <laughs> it only lasts for six seconds um so they all just sprint through it and they pop up and everything's happy and chill and there's no explanation for how long they've been back because when uh yeah what's his face shows up uh yeah because they've Jared. been back long enough for um percy to build his new hand he's already built Pike to show up yeah he's already built a new gun yeah and then well then and then and then Jarrett shows up and is like hey vox machina king wants to see you and they're like now <laughs> and in my head i'm like what do you mean now like has it not been like months since you've been back yeah, it had to have been. At, it had to have been at least a couple weeks. Yeah, but um, I guess because you know they're they're called to the, the the news conference where Uriel says that he's abdicating the throne and switching the form of government to essentially a representative democracy. Right. Um, because he felt like Always his amusing when that happens in fantasy yeah. settings. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's really the, the people at the table just like I don't like this. Right. But he's like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't have enough imagination or vision to really see what the dangers were to this realm. And we need more opinions on stuff. So, hey, this is what we're going to do. Although, like, at the same time. Uh, isn't that what advisors are supposed to be there for? And the council is supposed to advise and i think it was uriel who gave fox mocking the chance in the first place yeah i mean i guess you could look at it from uh this way so was like ew no i guess you could look at it this way um maybe he was thinking about it because he as the sole and uh, unquestioned leader uh got possessed by a vampire essentially oh that makes sense yeah, yeah you know like if you distribute the power a little bit there's less chance of that happening yeah because if one person starts acting weird then everyone's like 
uh, you need to take a week off. Yeah, exactly. And then everybody's happy. It's a great denouement. And then all of a sudden, dragons. Dragons. Yeah. What was it like? Three or was it like three dragons? It was four. Four flying in from the sun. And it was four because if you remember in the Dungeons and Dragons, when it comes to dragons, they typically have five of a type mm-hmm. or five of the, 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 the five different types. Um, and the party already killed uh, Blue David Tennant. That's right. They have to avenge their lost Power Ranger color. Right? <laughs> Which he will return as the white, no, green, no, gold, no, definitely not. Some <laughs> other colored ranger. <laughs> and then it just, uh, you know, it shows the dragons coming and then it just goes to credits. That yep. That is the end. Perhaps we will be back for season two. Good, good segue. Well, I, I believe they apparently got greenlit for their second season. Uh before this one even finished airing mm-hmm. yeah i'm that bezos was like yes do it again yeah i mean there is nothing but good reviews coming from this aside from the usual cranky people that you yeah. see on on twitter um so yeah it's a slam dunk for season two i hope i hope that when they re- do the release schedule for season two it's like one episode a week or everything at once right because this is just too this is weird three three episodes a week it like it it definitely is in that feel of because they're 20 minute episodes i can kind of chunk them all together and make it feel like i'm watching a old movie um but i i feel like even if it was just like two episodes a week that would be a little more comfortable for the amount of content yeah i think the problem with it being three episodes and you saying like, oh, well, you know, you can just treat it like you're watching a movie. It basically means you're committing to watching one movie a week, like before, you know, like very quickly after it comes out so you can talk to other people about it. Exactly. Uh, And that would Uh, just be less of a lift on one episode a week. I think. Yeah. And like conversely, conversely, it's also easier just to binge the whole thing at once. Yes. Um, cause you can, you can put a, a day aside, mm-hmm. but to put, uh, a movie time aside, aside every week is it, it, for some people, certainly, um, like even for me, it's a little tricky. I can only watch the show on the television in my living room. Cause mm-hmm. that's the only one that's connected to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to like find a time when it's congruent with everyone else's schedule in this house to watch it. Right. So as our resident critical role expert, um, oh, oh no. <laughs> what uh what kind of star rating do you give this this uh season? Um because it weirdly it was 12 episodes long, I'm going to give it an out of 12. Okay. Um I will give it a 9 out of 12 uh stars because first couple episodes Literally the first two, it was uh, that was rough, and that was a lot of scene setting, and it was not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it got so much better. Like with each progressive episode, it got better and better and better. The writing, the pacing, the animation, everything. Um, I will say, like to a degree, 
I feel like it is like there are things that are missed if you aren't a fan of Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, large chunks of things that are missed. Because um, even like like with you, uh, we've had these discussions week by week, and so you have been given these insights. Um, but with without that, like I keep I kept as I was watching trying to put my head uh, and separate myself from my actual knowledge base and just take in what the show is mm-hmm. on its own. And there's there, there's a lot of parts where like uh, it's not as interesting or parts aren't as funny because i don't know the context behind it right um but otherwise it it was it was really fun i really enjoyed it um and as someone who put down critical role because it was way too weighty Mm -hmm. um and way too ubiquitous like what you were saying before yeah um that i just lost interest this this has been a pleasant experience for me yeah i was uh we're we're right on the same wavelength because i was going to say I'm giving it nine thumbs up on Scanlan's hand out of 12. Hell yeah. Um, nine thumbs in one hand. Oh God. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and if, uh, if we hadn't had episodes one and two, if it had just been three through 12, I would have given it a nine out of 10. Yes. Um, if you, you cut the chaff away and it becomes pretty excellent, honestly. Right. Um, and, you know, like you said, I'm sure there's stuff that I wasn't picking up on. I know there's stuff I wasn't picking up on because you had to explain it to me uh, a couple of times. But I have all, you know, I've heard the rub that they're just way too intense and serious and everything. And I didn't get that really from this. It, it like, like, like the cast is too intense yeah, and serious. Yeah. I've never gotten that. I think yeah. they fuck around with too much sometimes. Oh, I was talking well, I was talking to a friend of I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this. And <laughs> and she was she was saying how she really tried to get into critical role. She's like, they just like they're just too much. Like, you know, less less I guess serious, but like just really, really over the top into it. Yes. That yeah. that is definitely a thing sometimes. Yeah. Like uh the 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 amount of time that they spent in like the romance stuff here was maybe it was proportional, honestly, mm-hmm. because there were some times where like I would be doing the skip ahead one minute, one minute, one minute, one minute to get through mm-hmm. like Vax professing his kind of love, but doesn't want to say love, but wants to say love. Right. And I'm like, my God, dude, just get through it. Like, this is not that interesting. Oh, and we didn't even touch on him getting friend zoned. Uh, oh, that was gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, um, yeah, I, I know. But anyways, <laughs> we got to go through this tree tunnel. <laughs> and that 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 is like, I, I don't. Marisha is a fantastic person. Mm hmm. And from what I've seen, uh, not just the Keyleth, a fantastic like role player, but Keyleth is a freaking frustrating character here and in Critical Role. Like, ay ay ay. Yeah. With like, I don't uh, like like the, the the number of times, uh, and we've both experienced when players like don't read a spell before they start casting it. Yeah. And then they read through and they go, "Oh, this doesn't do what I thought it did." <laughs> Um, like it, it's, it's one of those, like half of the fan base, whenever that would happen, would be like, uh, silly Keyleth, 
boom, 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 boom. As the rest of the party is like gravity shifted into the ceiling. The best part um, is when even the GM doesn't realize that. And then you're like, I don't know, two or three sessions down the road. And they're like, oh, hey, we've been doing this spell wrong the entire time. Yes. Yeah. And that that's that that's often or I mean, what, what would also happen to be uh, like. She would start going through a spell or start going through a class feature or something like that and get halfway through actively using it before realizing that something is like a, a little amiss. And then Mercer would have to pause the game, open up the book, read through the entire thing, hold up a finger <laughs> and then go. So that's not how it works. It works like this. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> magic is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> um yeah and it, it's it, it's one of those like just the, the the character is really frustrating um but not in a bad like not overall mm -hmm. overall she's a great character yeah there were a lot of times where she was really frustrating at, um, now that we're at the end of this at the end of the season who was your favorite character overall oh uh, probably like i would say almost ironically um either grog or scanlan mm -hmm. i re i mean I, I really like percy but as it's his arc, I kind of like put him off on the side a little bit. Right. Because he's, uh, especially in this, like he's not as much a player character. We're not talking about players anymore. They're all characters. Right. Um, so he kind of sits in my brain a little more like in between player NPC ish. Um, I love Grog because Grog, Travis Willingham in general is just such a genuine person and player and mm -hmm. his characters always come across very genuine um and scanlan like sam regal was like one of the main reasons why i kept watching longer than my attention really was because there were there were a handful of times where i'm like nah i'm just gonna put down critical role but i really loved like the antics that sam regal would bring in and the energy um and the way scanlan developed and i saw a lot of that in this um so i think those two were sort of my favorite yeah what about I, you i was gonna have to say percy just because i enjoyed a good grimdark storyline yeah. um you know on a vengeance bent uh yeah. it, it really worked for me and he felt like and this is because it's his arc but he felt like the only really like fleshed out and realized character yeah like he felt the most multi-dimensional um yeah. which that was just going to happen for him and not anybody else in in yeah. this arc, you know, and then on the opposite end of that, you know, my least favorite was Pike because I just could not get invested in her story because they didn't really try to make it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did, I did have a, have a, a friend who brought up that like to a degree it was, it was very compelling to them because they've, they too have had uh sort of battles with their own, like faith and do they continue their walk in faith or do they continue being more like interacting with friends that don't necessarily share that faith and mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff, which I, I agree. Right. Agree. But at the same time, like it, the narrative, like even that manufactured tension aside, it wasn't that interesting. No, it looked cool. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't move the story in any good direction. It did the opposite of moving the story. Whenever I was like, yeah. And then it switched, it cut over to Pike. I was like, ah, uh, yeah. And then I'm skipping 10 seconds forward and skipping 10 seconds forward. Yes. 
because it's like you you kind of know where it's gonna go. Uh, she's gonna figure out her thing, or she won't. But it's a, a, a coin flip. She's probably gonna figure out her thing because it's not likely that they would just smack down a character there's like that, that. There's that plot armor again. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just uh, the, the the whole the whole arc for her because again that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. uh, it, at all. Like her character was just busy because her physical the actress was busy um and so to manufacture that tension and for it for the release of it to be like essentially like dude just just do your own thing yeah just believe in yourself yeah oh okay that's what this was all about yeah it it really needed to be something more if you're gonna put that much effort into it make it worth it for us to get invested in it yeah like if it was like like an actual thing that the whispered one was uh uh what was it oh i was i was talking talking to my partner the other day about um like trying to think up some other ideas of how that could have been done better Mm -hmm. and one of them that i thought of like post conversation with her was uh like if the whispered one or other agents of the whispered one or anything like that um, had like corrupted a temple to uh, her goddess, and that's why her powers were dwindling because they're like a temple was destroyed, and so she had to go and find that temple and purify that temple so that she could reestablish her like power connection to her faith and all this other stuff. Like that, that sounds cool. Yeah, I would want. It, yeah, I would watch a whole episode of that too. Yeah, I would watch a whole episode of that. Like it would have been nice if they inverted it and had one whole episode focusing on something like that and then just cutting back to the rest of the party like once yeah, or twice exactly. for like a minute or two. That that would have been fun. Because yeah. that again, that that drives and creates a parallel storyline. They're both fighting towards the same thing without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to Pike having just an existential crisis. Yeah. Which we've all had. Yes, I get it. <laughs> but also I want to be entertained. Yes. And engrossed in the story. Um, so are you looking forward to next season? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, definitely looking forward to the next season. I'm also really looking forward, like I've seen in the Goblins and Growlers Discord uh, some like good, healthy discourse about this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see more of that. Um, so if you're listening to this yeah, and you're not on the server, or if you are on the server, please feel free yeah. to like ping uh, me and or maybe Brandon. Yeah. You're on uh, you're on there as what sound guy, Gabe, sound guy and in parentheses, Gabe. OK, so you know which sound guy. Yeah, I'm the Brandalorian in most places on uh, the discord server. It's bit.ly slash goblin discord. There's also a link in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Join us. Yeah. Talk tell it. Yeah. Tell me how wrong I am. Yeah. Tell us what you thought about this. Um, there's a G&G podcast channel. You could post it in there. You could post it in the entertainment media channel, wherever. Just let us know what you thought of it overall, taken as an entire twelve-episode story, and let us know if you want us to do like a like a, a full season recap, wrap up, or uh, or dive into any of the other ideas of uh, this show. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that, but you all got to tell me that you want it because I've been <laughs> I've been editing like over the last month, like six, seven, or eight podcasts. <laughs> And it's meant that I've had to do multiple ones a week. So anyway, thank you for listening. Um, We just sort of tried this as a lark just to see if people would be interested. It seems like you like it. Um, 
So, you know, let us know. And if you have any suggestions for other stuff for us to watch, like the new um, Second Age Lord of the Rings uh, show that's coming on Prime, like that could be yeah. really good because Second Age of Middle Earth is one of my favorites. Um, that could be really cool. Yeah, there's that. Really just anything that sort of uh, tweaks that fantasy um, gaming uh, muscle a little bit. We'll be happy to take a look at it. If it's a world that you'd like to play a D&D and or other TTRPG session in, mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And Gabe and Pretend I don't have to do this. Things. We don't have to do this regularly. We can just do it when people feel like it. Yeah. You know, when you tell us there's something you want us to talk about. But I do think we should do that Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> uh, you would definitely be the subject matter expert on that one. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I, I love Lord of the Rings. But uh, anyway... I think we're going to bail out. Um, you know, let us know. Uh, I'm Brandon at way of Brandalore on Twitter. And I'm Gabriel at uh, Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, like Gabe said, you know, hop in the discord link in the show notes if you're not already on there. And if you are on there, tell us what you thought, because we want to hear what you think. Uh, yes. So uh, GGP will be back with uh, a new regular episode uh, next Monday. Uh, Josh and I will be recording that probably this week and then one of us will draw a short straw and have to edit it um <laughs> but uh you know thanks everybody for listening thanks for your support hey patreon.com slash goblin scrawlers if you want to support us also telephone telegraph tell a friend about this podcast and get them to listen to it too um so everybody have a everybody have a good day i hope you're listening to this on your commute and it's putting you in a good mood have a good tell one. your phone <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> That was great. <laughs> that was a great sign off. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We want to hear from you. If you've got some thoughts on any topics you want us to research or hit on or talk about, just uh, shoot them over to us. Contact at goblinsandgrowlers.com. You can get me uh, on Twitter at Way of Brandalore. You can get Josh at Black Cloak DM. And you can hop in the Discord, bit.ly slash goblin discord, and let us know there. Thanks.